You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trelowitz. And welcome back to episode number 33 of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. As always, my name is Jeff, and we are the home of all things spooky here on CKCC Radio. Now, I wanted to do a uh, Q&A session today. I thought that would be fun. Unfortunately, I only got two questions, so it's not going to be as much fun as I wanted it to be. I've been talking about doing this for a while and finally asked to see if people had questions and unfortunately did not quite get the results I wanted, but that's okay because I'm going to answer those two questions, and one of those questions is a multiple question question. So that should be fun. So we're going to start with the first question, which actually came in the, re- in the Paranormal Discussions group on Facebook. The question was submitted by uh, a young woman named Josie Falster. Uh, we went back and forth when I kept saying, hey, does anyone have questions about the paranormal? And it basically comes down to this one question. What do you consider or what is the paranormal? So I'm going to answer that question, and it's not as easy of a question as you might think, because the paranormal could honestly be called anything. The paranormal literally is anything that is not normal. So you could actually make the argument, for example, that a birth defect is paranormal, because it is not normal. It is not the standard to which we as human beings live. So that could be considered paranormal. Now, I'm not going to be some kind of jackass and actually answer it as that. To me, the paranormal in this uh, realm is anything, like I said, that's out of the ordinary. So the paranormal can be considered anything from aliens to cryptids to ghosts to even some urban legends, I think, would qualify as the paranormal. Because these are not the average things. They're not, you know, what we consider to be regular. You know, somebody, a a zombie, technically, if real, which, again, is debatable, because we've never, there have been no actual signs of zombies, but that would technically be considered paranormal. Ghosts, the afterlife, all would be considered paranormal because they are not normal in our day-to-day living. So, you know, in a nutshell, that is my answer to what is the paranormal. Anything that is not normal, anything that is not the standard to which we would normally look at, uh, for me, my you know, I instantly when I think the word paranormal, the first thing I think of is ghosts, because that to me is the ultimate in the paranormal. Someone was here, they died, and yet they are still technically here. Another aspect of that, like I said, is cryptids, because again, you know, we have our normal human behavior, we have our human bodies, and then we have pets. We have animals. We have everything from cats, dogs, wolves, birds, snakes, snails, worms. All are considered normal. 
by the Loch Ness Monster or, you know, Bigfoot or even the Chupacabra all would be considered paranormal because, again, it is a creature that is not normal. Again, the same argument can be made for UFOs. And, I mean, anything that is... And, and also, again, UFO, unidentified flying object. It may be unidentified at this moment, but, you know, with a little bit of research, that UFO can then be claimed as a identifiable, identified flying object. Although IFO just does not have the same ring to it as UFO does. So to me, the paranormal is all of this and so much more. There's just, and it's all things that I love because it's, it makes you think it, it is beyond the realm of what our mind considers normal. And that's what I love about the paranormal is trying to do the research, trying to find out more to identify exactly what is going on with anything. So the paranormal can be anything. And, you know, as I've explained on this podcast many times, I grew up learning about cryptids from my godfather. And for that, I will, he opened my eyes to so many different things that I would not have known about. He taught me about Bigfoot when I was probably 10 or 12 or something, you know, not something that a normal 10 or 12 year old would learn about. But he, whenever I went over to his house, each time he would pull me aside, be like, here's something else that you should probably know about. And keep in mind, this was long before the internet. There was no Wikipedia. There was no Google. So the stories that he told me, he learned through different ways that, again, are not the easiest way to research. These are all stories that have been told to him, and he passed the knowledge on to me. And I always loved that about it. So to, to hear that there was a, you know, a seven-foot hairy creature roaming the woods of Washington just made my mind explode because I'm like, how come we don't know more about this? And it always fueled my curiosity on it. So, Josie, I hope I was able to answer your question about what the paranormal is. If, if I didn't, please let me know. I will gladly further go into more detail, if I can, about it on a future podcast. And the other question, or other questions, all come from Commissioner Chris O'Mealy, the... Uh, Speaking of the Godfather, he is the Godfather of CKCC. So he asked me a couple of different questions, so I'm going to get into that as well. And again, I've probably exp talked about this on previous podcasts, but again, that was 30-some-odd podcasts ago. So uh, the first question he asked me is, what is your personal favorite story involving something paranormal? And that, again, for me is going to be the story of James in St. Augustine, Florida. Because whenever I think about this story, I just I cannot wrap my brain around what happened. Uh, there are a couple different stories with James because I would always visit James' grave whenever I went down to St. Augustine. And I went three or four times in the years that I were there. So, But the story that I'm more referring to, uh, I'll, I'll get into a minute. 
uh, let me again give you a little bit of information about who James is and why this is so interesting. There are two big cemeteries in St. Augustine, Florida, and one of them is the Tolomato Cemetery. And it is different because it's actually, you can't even get into it. It's barbed wire fence, it's chain link fence, it is locked all but, I think, one hour a week is the only time you can get into it. And so, again, what makes this cemetery different is all of the graves are for military people except for one, and that is of James, who was about five years old when he died. His gravestone is actually separated from the rest of the, the graves in the cemetery. His is right up along the fence, and I want to say there's a good, you know, 10 to 15 feet between his grave and the rest of the graves. And like I said, I always will pay respect to James whenever I'm in St. Augustine. It's been a couple of years. You know, I the next time I'm in Florida, I will probably try to make my way there if I can. But I absolutely, like I said, it just the cemetery alone gives you a weird feeling. And so I was there with my ex-girlfriend and her sister. And it was broad daylight, and we were just kind of standing across the street. Now, going to this part of St. Augustine, it's almost like going back in time because there, the roads are, you know, one-way streets, and they don't have a lot of big stores. There's not, in this part, there's no chain stores. There's a couple little restaurants here and there. There's a very cool college called Flagler College, which is right down the street from James's grave. Shout out to Flagler College. And so we were sitting there, you know, broad daylight, just trying to figure out what our next move was. Now, supposedly, James makes his presence known only to children, or more likely to children than to adults. And this is relevant because as we were sitting there planning our next move, we saw a woman holding a child and the woman's uh, mother. So it was three generations of people walking towards the cemetery, just out on a stroll. And then all of a sudden, the kid in the mother's arms just started freaking out. We don't know why. The kid just started screaming and crying. The mother and the grandmother had no idea. They were trying to comfort the kid. Keep in mind, this is as they were walking in front of the cemetery. As soon as they passed the cemetery, the child was fine. Stopped screaming. Now, again, I, I couldn't quite hear everything because we were on the other side of the road. But, yeah, the kid just started to cry for no reason. And me and my ex and her sister all looked at each other like, okay, we're all seeing this, right? We were trying to look to see what could have caused the reaction that that child had. And quite honestly, we couldn't see anything. Nothing looked out of the ordinary for this kid to be screaming for no reason. So that, to me, is my favorite personal story. Because there was no logic to it. The kid just started f having a full-blown panic attack. And we believe that James made his presence known to this child and only to this child, which is why the two older people, me, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, and her sister, 
could not see, but the little kid could. Uh, also with that, with James, I one time I went and took a, you know, the little vending machines where you can get a bouncy ball. Well, I got one, and I bought uh, glow-in-the-dark spray paint, and I painted the ball, and I threw it over the fence, and it landed right by James's grave. And then a couple hours later, when after night had fallen, I went back to the gravesite to see, just out of curiosity, the ball had moved. I do have pictures of the ball in two different locations. And again, like I said, you can't get into it. Uh, the only time you can do it is like on a Sunday at like 9. This was on a Friday. We got in town probably around 1. And by the time we went back, it was probably about 8 or 9. So the ball had moved on its own. And it's not one of those giant balls that like wind gusts would have moved it. So we don't know how it happened. And then the next morning I came back and the ball was in the exact same spot that I had originally put it in. So something had moved the ball twice. And again, I would like to believe that it was James who was glad to have a new toy to play with. I'm actually going to divide Chris's next question up into two other questions just because I think that they deserve their own questions. So his first question is the best mythos or creature and that to me again is going to be Bigfoot just because of how many different stories how many different sightings how many different locations a creature similar to Bigfoot has been seen even just here in the United States because there have been sightings probably in all 50 states of a creature that is similar to Bigfoot as far as height and fur and just behavior so i'm always gonna love a good bigfoot story um i've never actually encountered anything myself and i have been known to wander the woods by myself um doesn't mean i'm not on the lookout for it but connecticut uh probably does not have too many stories at least in this part of the state I'm sure that in the uh, some of the other parts of the state that are less developed might have their own. But I do love me a big uh, Bigfoot story. So that's going to be my favorite creature. Uh, and then the next question is, what's the best backstory for a haunting? And again, I have to go back to St. Augustine and the lighthouse and the two tragic deaths of the girls that were... Uh, sorry, it's three girls. That, no, two of them died, one survived. That in the making of the uh, lighthouse, they were they were playing around in uh, one of the vehicles that was used to help transport the material from the shore up to where the lighthouse was. And the uh, vehicle crashed, and they fell into the ocean and died. And I hate to say that that's the best story because it is so, it's so tragic. But unfortunately, tragedy makes the best backstory because it gives you a reason to believe why those spirits are still there. So that to me is always going to be my answer for best backstory. 
All right. Well, I do want to thank you for listening to this episode of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. I actually thought it went longer than I than I expected because I had a different story that or a different thing that I was going to do to fill some time. But man, we actually went pretty long this time. So just from those two cues, and I hope you enjoyed my A's to those. I definitely want to do more Q&As like this. So again, if you have any questions, find the Paranormal Discussions group on Facebook and uh, just ask me a question. In the meantime, I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you had a great time. I hope I answered the two questions that I was given and that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And stay safe, everybody. Take it easy.